We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Your hour of thrive time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show, Lifestyle Edition. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, Lifestyle Edition. I'm so excited about today's show because the content we're delivering is going to impact your life in a thriving way. So welcome to the show, everyone that's here for the very first time. I want to give you a personal, extend to you a personal thank you. And I do believe that your investment of time and energy today is going to yield fantastic results because you've arrived at the right place at the right time. And it's going to be for the right reasons as you have a chance to hear our show today. And if you are visiting yet again. Thanks again for supporting this show. I hope that you continue, my friends, to share the goodness of not only the lifestyle edition of the J. Mamie Talk Show, which airs on Thursday nights at eight, but also the J. Mamie Talk Show business edition that airs Monday nights at eight o'clock. Two very distinct shows, but as I have been saying recently, same vibe, new jive. (laughs) And what does that mean? That means you're going to expect to have the same level of energy and quality and incredible guests and fantastic life thriving content on both shows. And today is going to be yet another indication of that, as my two guests today are incredible people doing amazing things to improve the lives of others. Our featured guest today is none other than Dr. Fab Mancini. Dr. Fab Mancini is one of these individuals that really doesn't need much introduction. Dr. Fab, as he is known around the world, is not only an accomplished professional speaker with over 30 years of experience in the space of wellness, leadership, business growth, and motivation. He continues to inspire thousands of audiences around the world in the multiple languages that he speaks. He's often gracing the stage with champions. Of, of life development like Les Brown and Stephen Covey and Dr. Phil, T.D. Jakes and Bob Proctor, the late Bob Proctor, uh, Nick uh, Vujicic, also a Brian Tracy. Dr. Fab has been featured on so many numerous media outlets that uh, his face is easily one of those recognizable celebrity faces, but you can find him on CNN, on Fox News, ABC, NBC, Dr. Phil, uh, The Doctor's Show has featured him and in many episodes, and he's also been on a number of documentaries that highlight not only his subject matter expertise in the field of medicine, of chiropractic work, but just the fact of helping so many in so many different areas of the country with his unique style of energy and, and insight. He's going to be with us today. We're going to have a fantastic conversation with Dr. Fab, uh, who him and I, I felt like as soon as I connected with him, I felt like we were just like brothers from another mother. <laughs> and you will get a chance to hear that shortly. But equally as exciting is our other guest today, 
Karsten Williams, also known as Big Cat. Karsten Williams not only is one of the most recognizable faces, and for good reason, too, in this world of Ninja Warrior, uh, if you've not heard of the American Ninja Warrior TV show, one of the most successful sports TV shows that's been airing for a, years now, he is one of the most recognized individuals because he's a competitor that has become a finalist just about every single season. He's got a phenomenal story that he's going to share, not only because he's a sports figure and a sports celebrity in that uh, uh, sporting event, but he's also one of the top coaches in the field of Ninja Warrior, coaching young athletes and the future minds of this country and that's what makes him special he's on the show today and boy has he got a message to deliver for us so we're excited about a fantastic program guys dr fab mancini and the one and only big cat karsten williams both on the jay Mamie talk show lifestyle edition we're going to be right back with both of those giants after the break hey everyone jay Mamie from the jay Mamie talk show excited to announce that my 10th book 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted is now available on Amazon. And since its release, the readers have reviewed the book and have left stellar reviews as they have come to recognize the book as a valuable resource to help them identify those toxic traits that keep them from becoming the best they can be. Those stumbling blocks have to be identified. And in this book, 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted, we're going to dive into a closer look at these progress-inhibiting behaviors. The book is going to be a tremendous resource. It is for many already. Pick it up at Amazon. 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusted. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, Lifestyle Edition, with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm looking forward to this next segment because there's been, actually for quite a while now, a conversation that needed to be have had with our guest, Karsten Williams, who I spoke of earlier, is a superstar in his own right. But we're going to dive a little deeper into Carson's story simply because not only is he one of the premier coaches in the DFW area, but as I mentioned earlier, one of the top competitors in one of the most exciting uh, sports that's fast growing and becoming, I, I believe, a, a global sensation in terms of the Olympics uh, in the future. But the American Ninja Warrior, the obstacle warrior type of, of competition, is a grueling one. It takes a lot of discipline. And to be able to reach the ranks of that high level of competition and, and being not only a finalist many, many times over says a lot about discipline and says a lot about your ability to also have a commitment to the sport. But part of that is also commitment to seeing others excel. And that's why Karsten Williams is on a program today. Karsten, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay Mamie, man, thank you for allowing me to be here. I'm looking forward to this, man. Long time coming. 
Yes, it is. You know, when you and I met a couple of years ago, uh, you've been such an instrumental part uh, of my son's upbringing. Uh, you and the other coaches at the facility that uh, I said, you know, we've got to get this brother on the show because the goodness that he's pouring into uh, young athletes is is memorable is commemorable and something that people need to know more about. So we're going to dive into that today. But before we get into all that good stuff, brother, I'd like for you to share a little bit about your story, your life story, which I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah, you know, I'm excited to share that because I feel like I can relate to a lot of people. Um, you know, growing up, um, you know, very uh, decent upbringing. Um, everything was provided for, was not, um, you know, without anything for the most part, love my mom, dad did a great job and still good traits in me. And then, but really when uh, I got to high school, I didn't have a plan for after that, like college was, um, Oh, I should probably maybe think about that. Uh, looking at my buddies, getting ready to go off to big colleges. I really didn't know kind of what I wanted to do. So I was kind of more of a free spirit. I just love just enjoying life and kind of just, I guess you can say living day to day um, and just enjoying the moment. But I knew there was something different out there for me. Maybe that's why I didn't pursue those uh, avenues, but um, I'm glad I took the path um, that I moved forward with. And, you know, things turned out to really just work out how they needed to. And and, and now I'm here. I got a, a story and a testimony with, uh, you know, fitness and then with Ninja Warrior. And then now uh, with some aspiring goals to uh, get my own facility open to really just train the next generation of, of overcomers and, and young athletes and, and families all alike. So let me ask you, were were you raised here in Dallas? We're, we're originally from raised here in Dallas. And then how did you find the sport? Because you were in the middle of trying to figure things out, like a lot of young adults are. How did you find the sport or did the sport find you? Yeah, so I grew up in Plano. So yeah, this general Dallas area, I've been here pretty much all my life and, uh, and still in this area. And, um, and so really how the transition from uh, we're actually after high school, eventually transitioned into fitness. My dad was a bodybuilder, um, right. you know, much like yourself, man, you know, looking really <laughs> good, um, you know, looking jacked. And so he instilled those, those healthy, um, you know, fitness traits in me. And so once I got to a point, I had an opportunity to join a, a company that um, promoted fitness and wellness. And so I joined them and became a personal trainer. And while I was there was when Ninja Warrior uh, kind of took off or started for me. And, uh, and and just so thankful that it happened. But uh, fitness took me to some very cool places. So the Ninja Warrior is something that came along because you had a desire for fitness and to stay in shape. And obviously, your father being a bodybuilder instilled that in you early on. That's, that's, that says a lot about role modeling. And we're going to uh, dovetail back to that shortly. But so in a very competitive sport, right, um, the interesting thing about an individual sport um, whereas when you are involved in a team sport, you're not necessarily the weakest chain on a link. You could be, but if the team around you was strong, everybody performs well, the team could still win, even though you might not be the best one in that group. But when you are in an individually based sport, like you are, it's you and you, brother, 100% is on you. You make it, you make it, you fail, you fail. What has that competitive career taught you about yourself? Man, I really love what this sport has done because it really teaches you to really depend on you. Um, you got to go all in on you. Um, mm. And I love being part of a team, but at the end of the day, like you have to be your own hero or you get to be your own champion. And so it really just taught me a lot of just kind of self-determination, commitment, uh, discipline, 
uh, and just really to make the most out of every opportunity. And I can own my outcome. I don't have to depend on someone else's performance to affect my ability to move forward. It's I have control. And I think in this day and age, the more control that you can have over your life and over your outcomes, I think is going to really set everybody up for success. And I really uh, attribute that to my success and overall growth as a as a as a coach, as a human and as an adult. You know, there's something to be said about having the recognition of 100 percent of my decisions are going to be uh, are going to be shown the results of that immediately. There's nobody else to blame. I am 100 percent accountable for my decisions. And you're right. When you're playing a sport that is all on you, there's nobody to blame. Right. There's nobody to blame. It's all on you. And you're showing kids how to do that. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you, what this by the way, this is why you're you and the coaches are. Are, are, are so endeared by the young athletes that you are now uh, developing and also the parents, which we're going to chat about that in a little bit. But what does a young athlete, in your opinion, your observation, what does a young athlete need to understand, though? Um, because you're teaching young kids, right? Young adults, young, you know, these guys, they're all over the place in terms of discipline. But what is it that you've learned that works best in teaching them how to prepare, how to understand competition, preparation, and then most importantly, commitment? Yeah, I think with uh, with the field that we're in, with the obstacle and Ninja Warrior, is that, you know, through your journey, you're going to have ups and downs. And for a young athlete uh, transitioning to, you know, moving forward in life is just being able to manage expectations. Always mm -hmm. go out with the expectation to do your best um, and give your best effort every time. But at the end of the day, it may not go your way in that moment. Uh, but you have to make the most of that moment. But you really have to just know how to overcome obstacles. Um, know that, hey, um, a, a failed attempt on a on an obstacle or a, a missed uh, field goal or something like that is not represent who you are as a person, but it's just a, a learning experience. And you got to really just be able to take that and, and package it up and use that for your future success. I, I mentioned before that every failure is a, is a seed planted where mm -hmm. you can water that seed over time by just putting in the work and, and continuing to give your best effort. And eventually that seed that you thought was failure before can now produce fruit that will serve you uh, to, to victory coming forward. And so uh, really just the mental preparation, knowing how to uh, overcome the ups and downs, celebrate your victories, uh, and learn from your losses. And I think just overall, if you can manage that trial, we really try to ingrain that to our athletes. And it really has proved to work out very well. And I got to give a real quick shout out to my guy, JB, Jonathan Baines. JB, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. JB. I learned so, so much from him. And then my guy, Jacob Cantrell, mm -hmm. the guy my road dogs for so much. Yes. So, yes. But that's my main kind of focus with, uh, with these athletes here. You know, we're going to talk about surrounding yourself with like-minded, spiritually minded, aligned coaching staff. Sometimes you could be a great coach, but if you surround yourself with people that don't have the same vision, it doesn't serve anybody, let alone those you're trying to train. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But I remember I was coaching at one time uh, football, uh, flag football. Uh, when, when my son was, you know, five, six, seven, running around playing football, I used to coach those kids back in New York. It's not easy to be a coach. And I was doing it once a week and these kids run around trying to get their attention. It was just, it was all over the place. And then you have coaches that coach adults and college athletes, different ball games. Those guys that are already, their mindset is already there. But when you get to that eight to 15, right? How can a coach like yourself, who you, you and JB and Jacob have done it successfully. How do you, what makes an effective coach when you are coaching young athletes at that age? 
I think the main thing that needs to be established early on is to show them that you care. Um, and that's what I really love about my guys is we we really care about these kids, not just on the course, but off the course as well. So that's the first and foremost. Once, you, once they know they care, that we care, then they will work harder. They want to kind of like, you know, basically show respect to the coach because they know that we're looking after them. We want the best for them and really in, in connecting with them, finding out what their their passions are, what they like. Do they like shoes? Do they like art art you know so really just learning more about the athlete that young athlete so we can talk about those things and also just how they're doing in general like being able to relate with them and and, and if they're working through things at school or something like just be able to be an avenue that they can um communicate and talk to about some of their sort of their troubles and challenges because we've all been there and so i think that's the main thing that establishes the foundation to be able to unlock that full potential of those young athletes and really just develop a long lasting relationship that's going to really serve them well and then help them pay it forward to serve others down the road you know you said you, you gave an answer that was that was absolutely not only was it uh solid and brilliant and so insightful but it also answered the next question without even having heard the next question which is how do you extract and you probably elaborate a little bit longer i don't want to take your answer away but my question was how do you allow how do you extract the very best um from a young athlete and and part of what you said there is you've got to build relationship right to to it's got to go beyond just the field You've got to get really involved in what's happening in their lives in other aspects. And you said, you know, what sneakers do you like? So elaborate a little bit more on, on how do you continue to extract the very best from a kid who doesn't even know he's got what he's got yet until someone points it out. Yeah, you know, you you see it in their training. And as a, as a good coach, you, you observe quite a bit. And so mm. if they're competing on a course or they're doing something, you can tell if they're giving max effort on something or not. And even those really skilled kids, uh, you know, they're doing things. And, and so you can always push them a little bit further. You know, hey, man, you did a really good job there, but I think you can do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And just seeing kind of where they're at and finding out a way to take them to the next level. Everyone has a next level that they can go to. And really putting, uh, giving them a situation where, hey, let's, ma let's make things a little bit uncomfortable. Let's, you're, you're great here. Let's put you in a situation where you have to step up. And and really just challenging them. I think everyone needs to be challenged. And then that's when we really find who we are deep down is when we're a challenge with things to really take us out our comfort zone, to put us in a situation where we're vulnerable and maybe we might fail. And those are all important pieces that can unlock that full potential, because once they meet that expectation, they meet that goal that we've set out that we know that they can achieve, then they really uh, realize that, man, like I got much more that I can do that I didn't know, but it took that coach to really lead me and guide me to that next level and that new challenge to to see that full and realize that full potential. You know, it's excellent. Allowing kids to realize their full potential, but also the key um, and effective coaching, you pointed out, you have to be observant, right? You have to be observant. And that's what you and the other coaches do so well. And part of being observant is knowing how to manage the fine line between uh, tough coaching, uh, fair coaching, and then parenting or managing parent expectations as well, right? Uh, I mentioned earlier, when I was coaching, I oftentimes had conversations, even though it was once a week, Saturday flag football, some of these mm -hmm. parents thought that their seven and eight-year-old were like the next big NFL pro, 
<laughs> uh-huh. So they would ask me, hey, how come you're not, you know, you, you, there aren't any more, you're not giving my son the ball to run more, you know, or throw him the ball. And it was just tough after a while. But I understood parents, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, football, I'm a uh, sports parent as well. Mm-hmm. How does a, a, a good coach, a great coach, an effective coach know how to balance that, that uh, line between coaching kids and, and managing the expectations of parents as well? That's a great question because a lot of times when we get into coaching, you don't think about the parent. You know, you, you get the athlete there, like, okay, I'm make sure I get the athletes ready, prepare them. But that parent, you have to really have that almost a similar relationship mm-hmm. with the parent as well. Because I think really it's important to establish a relationship and expectation of kind of what you want to do with their uh, their athlete. As far as, hey, like, hey, we're here. You got, your, your son is great. Your daughter is good. Um, we're looking to do this with them and take them to the next level. And this really just say, hey, like, you know, we're asking you, like, what are you expecting here? Um, that way we can see what the parent is coming in expecting and then really set the tone for, OK, hey, I, great. Thanks for letting me. Thanks for that communication and that insight. Uh, so and asking questions. OK, so, hey, if they're not getting into the game or, hey, they're not doing this. OK, well, why do you think this is happening? And so they can start realizing and understanding what we're thinking about. And so when what what we're doing on the course or in practice they're seeing the the why behind that. And so we got to give them the bigger reason. Hey, we're trying to develop them to unlock their full potential. So we've been through this. I need you to trust us in what we're doing with your athlete and, and just trust the process. And through that, let's not overstep boundaries. Let's just keep the communication line open mm-hmm. and just uh, respect everyone's position. And we should be able to move forward. And so far, we've done a really successful job with all the parents because we've taken the time to connect with them set the expectation, uh, a mutual respect. Um, and just, I think that really just bodes well for uh, future success of the athlete and the parent. Uh, so everyone feels like they're contributing and, and, and important. And I think that's uh, super uh, important to, to be successful in the long term. I, I agree. And, and one of the things that I've seen as coaching flaws, because I've been in sports my whole life, um, is where a coach, they, they don't, allow the parents to to get involved i don't mean in terms of parenting uh, uh parents coaching but i'm talking about they they aren't transparent with what they're trying to do in terms of developing their child right now i know in certain situations that can't happen but i think that when a coach uh, who really wants to develop a good relationship with that with that athlete needs to understand that the parent is the second most the the most important other person in that that individual's life and they have to get the parents involved in a way that creates another another layer of of support uh, for the best interest of that athlete. So leaving parents out of the picture is a big mistake, and I see coaches do that all the time. Hey, in our last couple of minutes here, I've got two big questions for you. Number one, I'm interested in knowing what have been what have been uh, your watershed moments um, that have really molded the person you are today. Uh, give me one, if two, if not two, if we have enough time, because everyone's got watershed moments. The second thing I want to ask you is you've got a big vision now for Ninja Warrior. you got a big vision for the sport here in Dallas and probably beyond. I want you to share with our audience a little bit about that big vision as well. Absolutely. And so one of the big moments that come to mind uh, was during my experience on American Ninja Warrior, it was really a combo. It was my first season was a huge failure. Um, it, I really didn't even get started. I failed in the very first obstacle, uh, which led into getting another opportunity on my second season. And then really, uh, well, completing the first two courses, moving on to the national finals. And so it, it, it started from being a, a big failure 
and a, a seed planted, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, but then getting that second opportunity and and making sure I made the most out of that experience. And by achieving some really good success on that second season, it it confirmed some things I already had thought when I set out on that journey. I had ex big expectations when I started on that first season. It didn't go as planned, uh, but I got another opportunity and things happened for me. But I didn't let that first failure dictate the future. And so that's the main thing that I, I'm thankful that that happened uh, to me. Uh, well, I'd say that happened for me. Um, right. And that was really helped me as a coach to really mentor these young athletes and coach them because I've been through that. I've been on the biggest stage and had the biggest failure. Uh, so that's why I always reference when I'm working with the athlete and when they're maybe going through some of those ups and downs. And, and so I'm super thankful for that. And Ninja Warrior has really opened up so many opportunities for me. I've been able to travel over the, across the world. I've been to, to Italy, I've been to uh, South Korea. Um, and this has all been because of the uh, the show and obstacles uh, and obstacle related kind of companies and um, opportunities presented themselves. And so, um, which, and just with connections, you're, you're moving around and I'm always talking to people and trying to engage and, and just learn about others. And through those connections and relationships have opened up so many opportunities. I was able to uh, run one of the most prominent uh, ninja warrior kind of training entertainment companies for the last four years, mm -hmm. which really elevated me as a professional in the field. And, through that, it opened up even a bigger door to really get to another dream of mine that developed over time was to open up my own facility. And we're not there just yet, but we have some big plans in store and things are moving forward. And I can't wait to really just unveil all that we're working on so we can really serve our community to the highest level and show people that, hey, if you put your mind towards something, have a big dream. Why not? Anything is possible through faith, commitment, and just a drive to unlocking your, your fullest potential and just going for it. You'll be surprised what you can do if you just take that first step and keep on walking. You'll start seeing people come into your, into your journey and start walking with you that can help you get to that next level. And so I am so excited right now. It's just a great day to be alive. And uh, it's just such a great opportunity to share this experience uh, here on the Jay Mamie Show too, man. I love it. Yes. Well, listen, we're going to make sure uh, that we're going to put your information up at our site so that anyone interested in tracking you down, because I know that you are available uh, not only for, for coaching, but you're available for speaking. Uh, I mean, you've got a great message and also anyone who wants to, uh, really jump uh, on, on your vision bandwagon for what you're planning on doing here in DFW, uh, as part of the Ninja Warrior, um, um sport, uh, event, you've got big plans. And I know there's people out there that are looking for people like you to support. So where can people find you if they want to reach out to you for a further conversation? Yeah, the easiest way is, uh, you know, nowadays social media. So um, on Instagram is uh, Team Karsten. Uh, we'll have a uh, website actually up here in a couple of weeks for the new vision, which is a Ninja Project. And uh, so that'll be a great way to contact me. Um, and then obviously you can leave some content information too uh, as well below this uh, broadcast. And I do have a, a special message for those out there that are looking at this is uh, we have some big plans to really impact the youth here. And we are looking for partners uh, financially or just in general support that really want to leave a lasting impact on their community. And we're looking for a specific uh, uh, investor um, and support to really just join forces with us to do something truly special that has not been done before. And if that is speaking to you, I want you to reach out and let's get talking. 
All right. Well, Carsten Williams, fantastic having you on the show. I want you to keep us updated with the developments of this project that you're working on and anything we can do to further the cause, you can count on it. Appreciate being on the show. Carsten Williams, ladies and gentlemen. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Hi, this is Jay Maney. As a lifelong fitness enthusiast and professional bodybuilder, I know the importance of removing impurities and flushing out toxins to maintain a healthy colon and intestinal system. This is why I take and recommend Renew from First Fitness Nutrition. It also has helped me replenish my probiotics, which is necessary for a healthy gut. Learn more at healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. I'm David Kazarian, president of Student Optimum Services and a licensed debt arbitrator. We have one mission in mind, to cut down the $1.7 trillion in federal student loan debt by as much as possible and help hardworking Americans just like you achieve financial freedom. Our process is not a settlement or a refinance. We are not a bank or a lender. We are on your side and we go up against these lenders to get you on track for student loan forgiveness by utilizing programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs are available to you regardless of the school you attended, your employment status, or employment field. Over the past 13 years, we've helped thousands of borrowers save millions of dollars on their student loans. Student loan payments are resuming September of 2023, after being on hold for over three and a half years. So the time to take action is now. You have nothing to lose but your student loans. Visit www.studentoptimumservices.com slash to schedule a free consultation today. Are you an educator feeling underappreciated, unmotivated, or uncertain about your next steps? This is Amy Schmidt with Crystalis Clear Coaching. As a former educator, I understand the increasing pressures teachers face, and I specialize in guiding educators through life transitions, identifying strengths, and cultivating a positive mindset. Take control of your destiny. Let Crystalis Clear Coaching be your guide as you embark on a transformative journey toward a brighter, more fulfilling life. Don't wait any longer. Visit chrysalisclear.com to schedule a free consultation. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show, Lifestyle Edition, with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm excited about our guest uh, for this particular program. Not only is Dr. Fab Mancini a renowned person, very little introduction is needed. And I gave his credentials and kudos in the opening segment of the show. But it bears repeating that he is an accomplished professional speaker and has over 30 years in the wellness and leadership and business development uh, space. He's one of the most sought after motivational speakers. He's been all over the news media from CNN to Fox to ABC to NBC, Dr. Phil uh, and the doctor show. And for good reason. But we're going to carve out a little bit of its time this uh, for this show because we want to dive a little bit deeper into not only what makes him who he is and the wisdom that he delivers but what kind of advice and what kind of insight could he provide to us that are looking at turning the corner for a spectacular 2024 and that's what the lifestyle edition is all about we're also excited to have him as an honorary guest for this upcoming Saturday. If you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we do have our book signing event. It's an extraordinary event. He's going to be there live in person, also hosting that particular event. So come on down and meet him. Uh, for those of you who want to learn more about that, as I mentioned, you can visit the jmamie.com and you'll have all the information there. 
But let's go ahead and have a great conversation with one of the most spectacular individuals uh, that I have had a chance to now get to know a little bit better. And that is Dr. Fab Mancini. Dr. Fab, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Well, Jay, it is a pleasure, man. I am so honored that you've asked me to be a part of this show. I love what you're doing and I love man, your authenticity. I love it when you keep it real and you try to get the most out of us. Uh, and that's really why I was excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you, brother. And we're going to knock. Listen, we're going to pack 10 pounds of groceries in a two pound bag. OK, <laughs> so let's go for it. Uh, you've got a, a, a phenomenal life resume. And one of the things I talk about is you have to build a life resume. People get so caught up in building a career resume, a work resume, but you've got to have a life resume that you can be proud of showing others. You've done that. In the course of that, what have been one of the, let's say, highlights uh, or watershed moments that you can recall that has defined the person you've become? You know, it's so interesting because I can think of many, but I would say that the most defining moment in my life, I will go back to when I was 16 years old. And as you know, my brothers and I are from Colombia, South America, and my parents moved us when I was 13 years old to Miami, Florida. And here we thought Miami was going to be a great thing, but unfortunately, I didn't speak English, so they put me back two years of school, uh, which was not fun. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't know how to make friends. So there was only one person in my school that spoke Spanish. And I had to sit with her after class for an hour and a half or so uh, to learn what the teacher said and keep up with the class. Uh, but it taught me the discipline of studying. I realized that being a good student, it has nothing to do with being smart. It's all to do with being disciplined, just like That's success, right. as you know. But anyways, when I was 16, my parents asked us what we wanted for Christmas. And my brother Aldo, he's two years older than me. We said, we want to go back to Colombia. So on the 26th, we left. We went back to Colombia, my brother and I. That night, my aunt, you know, had built this beautiful new home. She hosted us. She had our friends, our family members there. We drank, we danced, we ate. Uh, we went to sleep. And that night, about 10 people broke into the house to steal what they call the safe, which I don't know wow. what it was. So I woke up in the middle of the night with the back of a gun hitting my head. Where's the safe? I tried to yell, so they took my socks off and put them in my mouth. I tried to escape, so they tied my hands, they tied my feet. Then they went next door to my brother's room and they came back with blood saying, we killed your brother, you better tell us what the safe is. And all of this happened, but by the mercy of God, the neighbor, called the police. They fled. They took us to the hospital. My brother was alive, but he had 22 stitches in his head. And I was sitting in the middle of the hospital at four o'clock in the morning in a metal frame bed, uh, saying to myself, at 16, that could have been the end of me. Mm -hmm. And I learned the biggest lesson of my life at that time, that we must live in the present, in the moment. I go to sleep every night since then, not expecting to wake up the next day, but being grateful for the day that I had. And wow. if I'm lucky to wake up, then I'm grateful to say, okay, I get another day to contribute because our value in society, our value, our self-esteem comes from the contributions that we make and not the things we buy. This is That's the right. biggest misconception in people's life. So that defining moment taught me that all opportunity that we have in life is in this moment. This moment that we're having right now is really all I have to think about at this time. 
Then when we finish here, I can go to my next thing and my next thing. But what most people do is that they're in the moment thinking about the future, what they have to do, what wish they wish would happen, or in the past, beating themselves up for the decisions they make and living like, I wish things will go back to the way they were. Mm-hmm. And you're missing out on the beautiful thing of we call an opportunity. All opportunity happens in the moment. It doesn't happen in the past and it doesn't happen in the future. Wonderful. You know, I, I really appreciate that story. That's, you know, that's why I, I love the show because we go behind the curtains and that's a, an amazing story. And talk about a watershed moment that probably set the, the course for the rest of your life, even though you've had others. But you said something that's key that I, I always echo also when I speak to people. I said the day they get ready to click your light off, one day everybody's light switch goes off, right? You're not going to remember your collections. You're going to remember your contributions. It's not what you collected is what you contributed. That's going to help you go to sleep with peace or realize I missed the boat, right? I missed it. So brilliant, brilliant point. Let and me remember ask you your collections. You can take with you. Correct. But the impact that you have in people's life is your legacy in life. Correct. Correct. You know, it's funny. So I was having this conversation with my son. Uh, my, I'm, I'm training him up, right? He's 14 years old. And it was part of this conversation. It said that, you know, the <clears throat> you're here to leave an imprint. You're here to make uh, a leave a mark on the planet. And whatever you think you might leave behind, even money, because he said, Daddy, when you pass away, am I going to get some money? Because <laughs> he knows how to do insurance. So I said to him, I said, listen, whatever I leave you, you could end up spending it one year to the next. What I leave you as a man, what I leave you as a father, as a role model, that you take on, hopefully pass it on from generation to generation. So don't worry about the financial component. Learn the lesson that Poppy's teaching you right now. Very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote a book that, that we're going to be talking about on uh, this upcoming uh, event that you are hosting called 10 Toxic Traits That Keep You Broke, Busted, and Disgusting. Progress Inhibiting Behaviors. That's what the book is about. I want to flip that, though, with your answer because you have been surrounded by very successful people. So I'm interested in learning from you that you can share with us. What are the traits of success that you've observed in the lives of others? I've been very blessed. And I, I will be the first one to tell you. I, I think that the reason I've been blessed is because I show up hungry. I show up wanting to make a difference. I show up uh, willing to do what most people are not willing to do. That is the secret, the foundation of most successful people that I have learned. And I remember one of my dear friends, uh, he's been a patient of mine for years, he's Les Brown. And Les, about 28 years ago, he taught me one of the greatest lessons and that is, do not let somebody else's opinion become your reality. Mm -hmm. So to me, that is one of the main reasons why people are broke, why they don't live their dream, why they can't do the things, they have the freedom of time that they want, is because they continue to let other people's opinion become their reality. So the first thing I learned to do is I wanted to be a doctor. Well, there's nobody in my family that has ever been a doctor. And it took a lot of discipline, a lot of studying to get into a great pre-med school and to get into a great school of chiropractic and then become you know, other things later on. So I had to break that mindset to recognize that when a thought comes to you, an idea. Uh, uh, let's say that I'm in a uh, in a room listening to you. 
right? Uh, and I get inspired by you. And I say, man, I want to be just like Jay. I want to impact people the way he's doing it. I want to write a book one day. I want to speak one day. That happened to me. But the problem is our internal dialogue that takes over and starts sabotaging that idea, that dream, that insight. And all of a sudden, we go back to our tendencies and nothing ever changes. That's the reality of over 80% of the people out there. So what I've learned to do is that I learned to recognize that when idea comes my way, let's say when the idea of writing a book first came to me, I was like, well, English is my second language, right? Uh, I can rarely put a sentence together that is spelled properly gra grammatically. Mm -hmm. uh, I break my, my, my language because sometimes I switch the words or whatever. And all of a sudden, when that idea came, I get a call from Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield to say, hey, we want you to co-author our next Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, 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 series. And I said, no, nobody's going to read this book. And they talked me into it. They had to talk me into it. This is how much sabotaging I had going on. This is the number one book series of all times, so over mm -hmm. 600 million books sold. And I was like, who am I to be among the greatest New York Times bestsellers of all times? But that's when I got out of the way. And I said, yes, just to get me so uncomfortable that I knew that I'm going to have to step up no matter what sabotaging I was going to do for myself. I stopped listening to all the naysayers. I said, you're crazy. That book is never going to sell anything. You're not going to do it. It's going to be an embarrassment. You should mm -hmm. never write a book with those people. You, you, What are you thinking? You're from mm -hmm. Colombia, you know? Mm -hmm. English, you don't even master the English language. That's so, that's uh, book, we did it in three months and became one of the most successful books of the series within two years that we sold. Never in a bookstore, never online, only on my events that we sold them. And we sold over 400,000 in two wow. years. Wow. And uh, and it was a great financial success, but also the impact that we had on all those people that read it. So I would say making sure that you don't let your opinion mm -hmm. to be any less than somebody else's opinion. Because at the end of the day, whether their uh, feelings and I, I never think of people wanting to harm me or they don't want what's best for me. I think parents, grandparents, friends, relatives, co-workers, it's not that they want to harm you when they try to rob you from your dreams. It's the fact that they don't know any better. So why would their opinion supersede yours? You know, so I learned to just listen to people's opinion, but always end up listening to my inside mm -hmm. feeling, my inner wisdom, and mm -hmm. let that dictate what I do next. You know, there, there was so much goodness that you said there that we could take every component of that and make a whole new show. Um, but the 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 key, and I think one it's the the one of the success traits, uh, the traits of those that are successful is they learn how to get out of their own way. They learn how to get out of their own way, and I've learned that people become their own stumbling blocks to success. Nobody else has to do it because we do a pretty good job of doing that ourselves, getting in our own way. We become our own stumbling block. But successful people, just like you figured it out, we learn how to suppress that negative internal naysayer and let the uh, the superstar rise and dictate based on our internal instincts. Brilliant, brilliant point. But let's take it to the next level. Those that are ambitious. I've experienced many people in my walks, and so have you 10 times more, that 
de develop an unhealthy pursuit of ambition. For the entrepreneur who is looking to get to the next level, maybe become a director of a board, maybe do some of the things that you've done. How can somebody develop a healthy sense of ambition? Well, I'm going to give you uh, a perfect example. So I mentor some of the top CEOs in the world, some of the biggest influencers in the world. And uh, one of them came to me and he had just had his eighth exit, $2 billion in cash. And he wanted to hire me. So I go to Miami, we're sitting on his yacht. And he says to me, uh, I said to him, why would you want me? He said, well, I sacrificed my health for the sake of my money. I was working mm. 80 to 100 hours a day for the last seven years to build this company. And yes, I had a great payout, but I hurt my body. I've had multiple surgeries. Mm. One of those surgeries had a complication that builds scar tissue. And unfortunately, I cannot make love to my wife. Wow. He married a young, a young person. And can you help me? So now, of course, that's my field. And I'm like, okay, we're dealing with scar tissue. What is this regenerative medicine? So we got him on some stem cells. We got him into some frequency medicine. We got him into some of the cutting edge technologies that I deal with every day. And within three months, the guy is better than ever. Mm. And I started realizing that his example is what most of us do in the journey to success. We sacrifice the things we value the most, especially our health, for the sake of making the money. So I have to grind, right? So I'm working from early morning till late at night. Like I tell my children, I learned in my life right now, it's not about working harder. It's about working smarter. Mm -hmm. It's about understanding the shortcuts of life. Look at AI. Artificial intelligence is changing everything in our space right now because now we have technology that can actually, I just did an online program, 21 days, right? And the last time I did that program, when my last book came out, I have four best-selling books. It took me $25,000, six months of work, and a team of people to do all this stuff. I did it in six hours with no cost at all with AI, and it was 10 times better than the first one I did. Wow. That's wow. the power of artificial intelligence. But what I'm saying is we got to work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. And health is the number one priority because health is the one thing that impacts your spiritual life, your social life, your financial life, right? How many times have I had people come to me and said, man, I have so much pain that I can't go to work. I can't provide for my family. Can you help me? I have athletes, right? That have been injured or they have a repetition of an injury that they can't play anymore. So they're not going to get paid for that game. So they come to me because they can't provide. And then all of a sudden now I'm able to help them. I have individuals mm -hmm. that, they want to walk their daughter down the aisle. The one dream that they've had all their lives. And all of a sudden, they can't because they're bedridden. And then mm. if we can help them get back again to health. So health is the one priority that I dedicated the last 30, 35 years of my life in teaching people that with good health, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, you can accomplish your full potential in life. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more because I, I've been a, a health fitness enthusiast my entire life. Right? I compete in bodybuilding. In fact, I'm getting ready to compete in the Natural Mr. Olympia now in a couple of weeks. Um, and so I'm a big believer in that. 
And one of the things that I do uh, also regurgitate to a lot of folks when it comes to the same level of question is, you know, if when you're pursuing success and you're trying to get to the next level, you're going to make some compromises. Compromising is part of the package, right? But the one thing you cannot compromise is your wellness, your health, your well, your 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 sense of well-being. Because what good does it like your buddy who walked away with uh, billions of dollars? Doesn't matter if he's physically so in poor shape that he can't enjoy with his his bride. It doesn't matter at the end of the day, right? Uh, and so pivoting from there, because you speak often on self healing, and we touched on it just a little bit in the last few minutes here. Uh, what is the process that a person needs to go through to begin this self-healing journey? Well, I, my last book is called The Power of Self-Healing. Mm-hmm. And it was my literary agent is the number one in the country. And she actually was the one that, for me to write it. And she said, uh, what people need to understand is the fact that their bodies have the ability to heal. The power in healing doesn't come from a pill. It doesn't come from a surgical procedure. It doesn't come from anything external. It comes from what already you've been given. The challenge is we don't take care of this the way we should. So we wear it out. We tear it down. You know, we abuse it, especially Mm -hmm. when we're young, right? We think we're going to live forever. And then we get into our 30s and 40s and we're like, oh man, I'm feeling, I'm Mm -hmm. feeling what I did in my early 20s, right? So The message is it all begins with your mindset of understanding that your body was meant to be healthy. Your body was meant to live to over 125 years old based on the latest studies. That's why all these blue zones and all this longevity uh, discussion is taking place in the world because the new science is proving that we were meant to be living longer and healthy. Mm -hmm. Jack LeLay was one of my best friends. And Jack would tell me his mindset of every single day getting up. And now Elaine, his wife, she just turned 95. And she just got that fervor because he wants to live to be 100. Jack, unfortunately, we lost him early on. I threw Jack his 94th birthday party uh, with 5,000 people. It was the greatest highlight of my life. And the mindset has to be, I'm going to live long, but I'm going to live healthy. So the key in self-healing, and this is where most people miss the boat, is not on anything other than the choices that we make today. That's right. When it comes to my physical body, my emotional state, and my spirituality. If you make good choices today, that will determine that tomorrow will be healthier than today. And that's how you start evolving into a healthy human being. And then tomorrow, you're going to make better choices than the one you did yesterday. And then the next day is going to be a little bit better. So I tell people, don't be so worried about living long. Don't be so worried about where you're going to be when you're 80. Worry about what we are today. Now, you have, you're hungry and you have a plate in front of you, or you go to a restaurant, or you're cooking at the refrigerator on the pantry, what choices are you going to make? Are you going to treat this body like a Ferrari, and you're going to put the highest gas possible, right? Like if your mouth was a flap with the gas, or are you going to put more greens? Are you going to put more, less sugar? Are you mm-hmm. going to put less high carbohydrates? Are you going to move your body or you're going to stay sitting all day long or laying all day long, which we have a big syndrome called the dentary syndrome, which means mm-hmm. not enough people are moving throughout the day. So therefore it's causing a lot of inflammation and obesity, et cetera, in the body. So the key thing for self-healing is that you have the power to heal, not outside. And that power comes from the choices that we make today, physically, 
emotionally and spiritually. And if you make good choices today, now you're on the train, you're on the journey towards becoming a very healthy human being. Yeah, that's a brilliant answer. And I think that that sort of parlays into the last question I have before we uh, go to break here and wrap up this phenomenal interview. But it reminds me, Dr. Fab, I used to do men's ministry years ago. And I used to always talk to these guys and I used to say, hey, uh, do, do you agree that, that the scriptures say that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And they'd say, oh, yeah, it says it right in the book. I said, so why are you treating your body like the backyard shed, throwing crap in it? It's 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 either the the temple of the of the Holy Spirit, or it's a backyard shed. You got to choose one or the other because depending what you put into it is really indica indicative of how you see yourself and how do you see this body. And uh, so you're absolutely right. What you decide to put in it is going to determine a whole lot, but we all have the power to make better choices to begin that process of self-healing and we just end up making poor choices and then we run to prescriptions for solutions. Um, brilliant. 2024 is right around the corner. Right now, everyone starts thinking about what am I going to do to make next year the best year ever, whether it's in business and family, finance, parenting, health, whatever. In our last minute here, what advice would you give someone that is starting to make those early decisions and pivot points to make 24 the best year ever? Well, one of the lessons that I teach is you can show up in 2024 being the same person you are in 2023 and expects different results or outcomes. Mm -hmm. So it all begins by you choosing to become something different, to become, to be something different. So the formula of success that everybody thinks it is, I got to have before I can do, before I can uh, be. And in reality, it starts with being. I have to be the person I want to be in 2024 today. Even if I have to fake it until I make it, even if I have to act as if, what would that person do today? Even if I don't have the hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, even if I don't have the, the big lead generation that I want, even if I don't have the success in my business, how would I behave today if I already have that happen? That's what will determine what 2024 will look like. So become something different today. So mm -hmm. that way the person that shows up in 2024 doesn't even recognize who what 2023. And that's how you will achieve the success that you're looking for next year. Brilliant wisdom. Become now. Act now the way that the, 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 the person that you want to become. Start behaving, taking on those attributes, those traits now, and that person will show up and they'll be ready for you when they do. Brilliant. Dr. Fab, fantastic interview. I knew that it was going to be. We're going to have you back again, and I look forward to seeing you Saturday at our event. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate you. God bless. <laughs> Folks, that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We're going to be back here next Thursday for the Lifestyle Edition. Make sure that until then, you keep thriving.